millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There are reports out there that the number of unaccompanied migrants detained at the border has tripled in the last two weeks to 3,200 plus. Is that number accurate? I'm not going to confirm numbers from here. The president's beloved German shepherds arrive at the White House. From the Oval Office today, the president's dogs could be heard barking. Can you clarify for us uh, what happened with the president's dogs? There's some reports that one of them was involved in a biting incident. On Monday, the first family's younger dog, Major, was surprised by an unfamiliar person and reacted in a way that resulted in a minor injury to the individual. Okay, I'm done with this. No, no, no. Sorry. No. Uh, uh, Sorry. So, do you know what? That's pathetic. You can trap him, maybe not my No, 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 no. See you later. I'm being... Su- Sorry, can't this do this. This is absolutely diabolical behavior. What a day. What a horrible day for institutions. Piers Morgan gets 86 from his morning show, and Major and Champ are 86 from the White House. Cast away back to Delaware to think about what they did. What was it that Jen Psaki said that they did? Can you clarify for us uh, what happened with the president's dogs? There's some reports that one of them was involved in a biting incident. Can you clarify exactly what happened? Sure. Uh, Champion Major, the president and first lady's dogs, uh, members of the family, are still getting acclimated and accustomed to their new surroundings and uh, new people. And on Monday, the first family's younger dog, Major, was surprised by an unfamiliar person and reacted in a way that resulted in a minor injury to the individual, which was handled by the White House Medical Unit with no further treatment needed. It had been previously planned already uh, for... I love that. He reacted in a way. That, that resulted a, in that, a minor yes. injury to he the individual. He absolutely did not. He knocked over a vase and it hit... Right, the person he threw. Toe. He threw a one of Joe's uh, golf clubs at the man. He acted in a way because you know why? You know why he reacted in a way? Unfamiliar individual. He was surprised. <laughs> they asked him. They debriefed him afterwards in a, a closed door interrogation. And Major said, "You know what? I was surprised. I didn't see. You know what? I was surprised, and thus I reacted in a way. I absolutely did not attack somebody." Like a vicious German Shepherd is capable of doing whatsoever. <laughs> Maybe they should leave the dogs unleashed around the reporters more often. <laughs> you don't think that I think of that constantly? <laughs> Even George Bush, H.W. Bush's, no, George mm-hmm. W. Bush's little dog mauled some, a member of the press um, years ago, and I was thrilled. Little Barney, I think. He was a mean <laughs> bastard. So that's it. You, it the uh, Major and Champ are finito. They have been sent to Delaware, where I assume um, they're not going to maul the help. Although we don't know, we don't know what in what mm-hmm. ways they will react in Baltimore. If when they're Champ surprised by an unfamiliar surprised. individual, 
<laughs> well, Champ is supposedly the one who's older and more mellow. Mm-hmm. Um, but Major is only like three years old and is a little bit rowdier, apparently. Apparently he is. What I've been reading up on. And so the initial report that I read from CNN said that um, he bit a member of White House security. We don't know. We don't know how many he's bitten. We don't know how many times he's been surprised. <laughs> All we know is that people are very uh, emotional about this. It is too bad, too, because those are great. German Shepherds are great dogs. But I've known a lot of them. I had a German Shepherd mix growing up, mm-hmm. and and he was a great, great man, great dog. And I did know another one as well who was a great one, but he also would get surprised, and he sent my neighbor to the hospital, mm-hmm. and then he went away. We don't. We don't. We didn't ask. But uh, that was it for Cherokee, the German Shepherd, hmm. which now that I think about it, is a problematic name. Yeah, geez. Oof. I think we need to sign you up for some re-education, honey. I wasn't my dog. Cherokee was not oh. my dog. My dog was Calvin after Calvin. I know Calvin, but I thought you were saying that you had no, another that, dog, Cherokee. There okay. was a dog in the neighborhood named Cherokee. Okay, in the neighborhood who belonged sorry. to Danny Smith, who lived in Melrose after oh, he went to Michigan. Okay, See how there it all? you go. Yep. Okay, Danny Cherokee Smith was a great needs dog. re-education. There we go. Yeah, well, actually, I'll probably be Dan's uh, dad, who worked for the Winchester oh, okay. Police Department, maybe for the canine department. Oh. Yeah, I've got a deep, history, rich history of this. I have to find you sometime. Did I ever tell you about the letter we got from the dog officer? No. So uh, my dog, my German Shepherd, Calvin, I actually got him from the Winchester Dog Pound, and he was fantastic. He was an incredible athlete, and he was also just a great charmer. He would charm everybody. He wasn't annoying like certain animals that may be in this house. He was a great and charming dog and very intelligent and just a blast. He was a great dog. Um, but Calvin would sometimes just run. We built a fence to keep him in. He was mildly amused by the fence and would vault over it. <laughs> and so he would just. And that was like a tall fence too. Like yeah, like a ten foot. Fo- he didn't care. Fence he was gone. Something. Yeah. So Calvin then um, he would run away sometimes for weeks. Mm-hmm. He'd be gone, then he'd come back. You know, he'd live his other life. Whenever he'd come back, we eventually met the people that he'd been spending <laughs> so much time with. They fed him well, so he was like, no, 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 no. I'll just stay out here for a while until. Uh, Mr. Shattuck goes uh, shopping, and so, so anyway, Calvin. Uh, one time, <clears throat> it was great because it, you know, Calvin used to for some reason the Marines like gave him recruiting stuff, sent him somehow his name got in a mailing list, so they were trying to <clears throat> recruit him, and it uh, was just a funny and great dog. But uh, one time when he escaped and got away mm-hmm. from our house, uh, the the dog officer picked him up. You know, mm-hmm. big net or whatever. And threw him in the uh, Hooskow in the doggy jail. In the slammer. In the slammer. We didn't know this mm-hmm. at the at the time. But then we got a letter saying, oh. you, three days later or whatever. Are, were you surprised that I got a letter, Ellis? <laughs> no. Oh, you did? Really? <laughs> I'm just reacting any to your talking to show any, you that I'm paying attention to you. Any particular kind of that's what people, Third class? Or? That's what people do uh-huh. in order to show that they're paying attention to somebody is they react to things well, that they say. Well, I understand. Say. But, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't react to letters. <laughs> there were a lot of letters in 1987. Oh, wow. Do tell. No, I'm just, so anyway, so he got this letter. <laughs> We uh, got this letter from the Winchester Police dog officer mm-hmm. named Nick, who was a good guy, mm-hmm. saying, we've had an incident at the dog pound where your dog, Calvin, uh, has jumped over, jumped out of the pens. And those are like 12 feet. Yeah. He, he just climbed up and <laughs> had enough. And he was gone. And he came home to us. And it, it was a big letter written in typewriter. Oh. written by a typewriter and it said your dog has made a mockery of the leash law and it was high-minded very uh very fire and brimstone talk about how the rule of law was being threatened by calvin Mm. because he had what (laughs) (laughs) that's not a good noise so then so now so anyway my dad was so pleased with the letter that he that he uh, put it up. He framed it. I'll say he framed it. He didn't really frame it, but also he put it in a prominent place and stuck it on the wall. <laughs> Wait a second. Is this a is this a boycott? What do you mean a boycott? You're not, not making any validation noises? No, I nodded to you. No, that's not audible to the listener. So they didn't know when to be surprised about something or to find something interesting. They, some of them won't know, Alice. Some of them could be high on marijuana right now. 
so they won't know to be blown away and and uh, and awestruck by the idea that I got a letter unless you <laughs> unless you make the noise. They need oh, to know. <laughs> wow! Wow! Alice just flagged something for me. It was really quite interesting. The mail came almost daily, oh. according to Tom. <laughs> so, um, so there's the dogs, and um, I love. I just like the idea that that the White House communications team. It's all female, you know. Um, can't find a way to put this. At least this. It's okay. The dog bit somebody. You can't even say this. Yes, there was an incident. Uh, the canine was surprised. I mean, and reacted really, in such a way that resulted in an injury to an individual. Some things you don't have to exactly put through the spin machine, and it will help communication if you don't sound like robots. Right. I mean, people have heard of dogs biting people. That's a concept yes. people are aware of. We all assume it's one of maybe three things that happened. You know? And yeah. most likely that one of the dogs went nuts. They don't, is the cat in the house yet? Um. I think they have a cat by now. I th- I thought they were going to get one a while back, so I think they, they had one had... coming. But I don't know now. Hmm. I don't know. I don't like the idea of. Uh... Well, anyway, some Twitter users also had a theory. It was funny on Caitlin Collins's um, tweet that Biden's dogs were back in Delaware, and she tweeted the CNN article. There were a bunch of replies that were theorizing that maybe uh, the dog major was uh in the know actually and was justified in his actions um one commenter writes investigate the security officer the dogs oh. could be on to something yeah my thought too oh good replies blue girl rule, rules <laughs> german shepherds are wicked smart mhm mhm yeah then we have another one who says um, I had the sweetest English setter, female, the boss of the house. One night, one of my daughters brought home a guy for us to meet. She growled under her breath the whole time he was there. He never came back because it turns out he wasn't a good person. Dogs, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, we so dogs let me help shepherd. you one thing. Wait. Let me help before we go any further. Okay. Dogs don't know. <laughs> dogs, you know what a good person is to a dog? A good person to a dog is somebody who hands him a piece of a hamburger. That person is a good person to a dog. They don't have any innate scent. They don't care that somebody's a dirtbag. The unique moral qualities of the person. Right. Um, let's see. We have another reply. We we dog sat a shepherd. One of my friends came and he wouldn't stop growling. My dad wouldn't let me hang out with him anymore. Dog was right. A thief and a jerk. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, and then one person is a doubter. Get his the rap theory. sheet. Wrote- one person. A doubter of the theory. Imagine dogs having the ability to analyze moral character. And this person replies, Clearly, you have never had a dog. <laughs> oh my god. No wonder the dog attacked him. Um, yeah. Free Major Biden says the hashtag. Uh yeah, but clearly, clearly, um, this person says, might want to run another background check on that security guard. German shepherds rarely bite unless they sense danger. Right. And uh, unless they bite. <laughs> I uh, have four of them, ages seven, four, and two one-year-olds. I only had one incident with my oldest. He bit an acquaintance of my son that kept banging on our window after my son told him repeatedly to leave after he started a fight with my son's girlfriend. We, oh, my God. It's a, it's a moral test that you f- pass or fail. The dog knows mm-hmm. innately. It's been designed that the dog would know how to that what's going inside in the innermost thoughts of people. Yeah, and so that's what's happening. We're not trying to humanize animals here because we are uh, really a country a country that's uh, bored, bloated, and that needs something else to do. Mm-hmm. Here's another testimonial. Yep, I used to walk a German Shepherd for an old man in the village. He was a pussy cat with me and let the guy's grandkids climb all over him. Good with cats. One day, a boy grabbed at me, and next thing you know, that boy was on the ground with the dog's paws on his shoulders and his teeth bared at his neck. <laughs> yeah, a little right. extreme. Really they happen. know. <laughs> so, there you go. So, that's what happened. So, we've now impugned <laughs> a member of the White House staff. Yeah, White House security. Because it can't be that the, the, the dog is uh, flawed or uh, is a... Uh, is, um, defective at all or had a bad day or is occasionally an a-hole 
Or is three years old and is in a new place with all kinds of crazy stuff going on and his owners are rarely there. That couldn't possibly be the explanation for the Dogs baby. bite people. It's what they do sometimes, you know? It's not in their best interest a lot of times. Sometimes something they see, our dog bit me. Well, that was because you pulled her collar and she wanted to stay there. But mm-hmm. your do- our dog bit um, your sister's boyfriend. That's true. Right. And you know what it was? I think, and I'm not going to say which sister or which boyfriend or anything like that because it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. but I think perhaps he had been overserved and the dog didn't like the vibes he was getting. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he, See, I don't know. know he read his heart. I just thought, I think he said, yeah, I don't think. something's off with the power situation mm-hmm. here. I'm going to uh, slap this dude and see what's going on. Yeah, no, I don't. It, it's all like weird pack instincts and stuff that get set off. It's not like a moral judgment by some human uh, thing. I mean, I do think there's a thing sometimes where they can like recognize when a person's an intruder in the house. You know, like there's a reason people have yeah. dogs as guards. Like they know when something's off with the vibe in the room. And like, but that's generally, I think that's like due to the human reactions around them. Yeah. And I would think you're right. I would think that you're right. That somebody who's breaking into a house and, and, uh, Major is standing there is exuding a lot of, um, energy, including fear that Major's like, huh, usually everybody comes over and come over and pets me. <laughs> This guy's just putting the uh, the um, candlesticks in his bag. That's really interesting. All right, Alice. Well, you know, uh, it was a big day for... When you circle back, you're no hack, Jen Sock. You're no hack, even when right-wingers go on the attack. You put him in their place with a smiling face. And with style and grace, that's how Jen Saki circles back. Well, all right. Today's circling back was a question about the number of migrant children coming across the border. This is a big thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. Obviously very worrisome. And we're being overrun on the southern border. So the White House press corps is has a desire to know how many people, how many little human beings have made it across the border. Seems like in a simple, straightforward question to me. There are reports out there that the number of unaccompanied migrants detained at the border has tripled in the last two weeks to 3,200 plus. Is that number accurate? I'm not going to confirm numbers from here. Uh, obviously, the Department of Homeland Security and others are oversee the programs and the engagements that happen at the border. I will say that there are a couple of reasons. Uh, I know Amr asked about our kind of change in policy. Wait a second. Why aren't we doing numbers there? She has all the good numbers there. Yeah, I mean... She has numbers all the time, I mean, I know that there's a Department of Homeland Security, but I believe her boss is the head of the executive branch, which of which the Department of Homeland Security is one part. Correct. But there are a couple of reasons why we think people are coming to the border. Of course, uh, individuals are fleeing countries where individuals and families are, you know, they're fleeing prosecution, fleeing... Violence. I don't know if anybody asked that question. I think we know that there are a number of factors why people come across the border. Uh, yeah, I think, they and that we to know, know that, many. which is why we didn't ask you to tell us that, because <laughs> it's redundant to the information we already have. Fleeing economic hardships and other things. The region has also experienced two hurricanes in the fall, putting further stress on the conditions in these countries and the circumstances that are facing. These are great answers to why are people coming across the border. Of course, that wasn't asked. The question was, how many people do we have now? Remember, we were going to make sure that every child is returned to their parent. Yeah. Well, how are we supposed to do that? If Adina we do- Menzel's eight-year-old was crying when Biden was elected that there were going to be no more kids in cages. Right. So- now we don't know where, how many we have. We have no idea. Individuals, and all of this is taking place during a global pandemic that has impacted other countries' economies, placing undue hardships on its people, just as it did in the United States. Can somebody ask her that question so that this can be used properly? The question she's prepared for. It's state. So there are also a range of factors that are leading individuals to come to the border. Why won't you confirm that number? That's a very important number. Uh, I, 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 we've been very clear uh, that there is an increase, that there are more children coming across the border than we have facilities for at this point in time. Uh, those numbers are tracked by the Department of Homeland Security. So I'm certainly I'm just suggesting that you talk to. Can you be very clear about the number? Can we get that? them about specifics well, we them, Jen, they won't confirm the numbers well I, I would encourage you to go back to them and ask them again we're not going to confirm them from the white house it's not our program it's the department of homeland security department it's not our program it's the department of homeland security the that's other weird. administration that's not us 
the White House encouraging the department to release those numbers then in the spirit of transparency that the secretary promised here at this point? We, we certainly encourage transparency, but what I also think is important is to talk about what the root causes are here and what we're doing from a policy standpoint to try to address the challenges uh, that we're facing and that these kids are facing as they come across the border. <sighs> so what is the policy, um, the policy initiative f- to make the hurricanes stop? Or is that what John Kerry's doing? That's what John Kerry's doing. If we all, honey, just wish really hard and don't drive anywhere and um, turn our thermostats a little lower, then we can stop hurricanes. You can build Teslas. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, Where are we? All right. Piers Morgan, Alice, out of a job. Oh, man. Out of a job. Piers, of course, was all uh, in a huff yesterday, all this week. Because of the Meghan Markle, Prince Harry... He walked off the set of something this morning, too, He did, and I'm going to play that again, oh, Alice. Sorry. Thank you. I didn't know if you had the cut. I'm sorry. So here is uh, Piers Morgan uh, yesterday. And this is We played this before. I should be provided with a cut list. What about the behavior of Harry and Meghan, who are spray-gunning his family on global television as Philip lies in hospital? You might laugh. I don't think it's no. funny. I think it's piling no, hurt, hurt on the Queen, Morgan. who is already what suffering greatly from her husband's so illness. I wish you respond to that. What I don't think is funny, I'll tell you what I don't think is funny, is the fact that you are such a disappointment. <laughs> I wish to God one day you would even surprise me. You, constant, you constantly use your platform as a wealthy, white, privileged man with Ooh. power influence. Oh, what a load of nonsense, honestly. The what a load of race-baiting racist, nonsense. And the misogynist <laughs> attacks on Meghan Markle. And you do nonsense. it so shamelessly. We have done that's more, we have done so more on racial issues on this show than any other so show on television. You're talking... Shola, you, you can keep shouting. You that the royal family has any racist undertone or actions against the first biracial person simply because you're in love with the queen? No, I think, I think what you're doing queen. now... You can love okay. the queen, but you should be able to... Come. Okay, well, yesterday and today, he had this guy named Alex Beresford on, who's another reporter who works for the network, I guess, and he had him swing in today. This is a guy who's a... Um, he is a black man, and uh, so the, he's had these heated debates with him in the last couple of days, and um, here's, a, here's an example of part of this heated debate. And my question for you is this, and it's a, it's a straight question I think a lot of people are asking, because you've been in this position, yeah. right? And you've been, yeah. you've been equally offended. On the receiving end of that is question. There, is there a qualitative difference between somebody perhaps innocently saying to you, mm-hmm. out of interest, if you have one parent is white, one parent is black, you know, what, what colour okay. could your baby be? Let me finish. What colour could your baby be? Is there a difference between that? So I should actually just play the Meghan Markle cut to start. So that way you'll know what they're referring to, this particular cut. In those months when I was pregnant, all around this same time, so we have in tandem the conversation of he won't be given security, he's not going to be given a title, and also concerns and conversations about how dark his skin might be when he's born. What? And who, who is having that conversation with you? What? So, um, there is a conversation. Hold up, hold up. There's Stop several. Right con- now. There are several conversations. There's a about conversation it. with you, with Harry, about how dark your baby is going to be potentially and what that would mean or look like so now back to Piers and this guy alex beresford going over this issue and my question for you is this and it's a a straight question i think a lot of people are asking because you've been in this position right and you've been you've been equally offended on the receiving end of that is there is there a qualitative difference between somebody perhaps innocently saying to you Mm -hmm. Out of interest, if you have one parent is white, one parent is black, you know, what, what colour okay. could your baby be? Let me finish. What colour could your baby be? Is there a difference between that question phrased in that innocent, perhaps, mm-hmm. way and somebody doing it in a tone that says, well, how dark is your baby going to be? Well, I in think, a derogatory, and, and that, and perhaps that, racist right, tone. Right, exactly, and there is a difference. But what we're getting from the interview is that it was said in a negative well, way. Well, she said that, but he didn't, did he? Listen... 
Stop separating Harry and Meghan. Mm. Why? They, they, they are a team, quite clearly. Yeah. A very strong team. And I they might be, but they're two different people <laughs> giving two different piece parts also, of testimony. It sounded to me from the interview that this wasn't even said to Meghan. It like wasn't. This was said, was to, said Harry. to Harry. So what Harry says about it actually matters in this case, whether he says it was said in a racist way or not. Right. I do believe that she backs him up and he backs her up. Yeah. Right. So, and, and like I said... Yes, but as Alice was just saying, only one of them was there. Only one of them had this conversation. Tone and language is everything. But is there a when it was said okay, to, let me ask when it was said to me, is the, key word, the key word was, yeah. are you worried? Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. But that to me is and racist. And there's a big difference. That to me is racist. But that's what she It is reports. racist. Do you think it's she racist? It's a legitimate concern. question many people have asked. Is it racist, do you think, if for argument's sake it was William or Charles? Let's not put a name yeah. to this person. We, we don't know. And part of the problem, I know you agree with me about this, it'd be easier if they just said who it was. Right. Right? I'll come to that. But is there a difference? If it was said, perhaps in all innocence, right, and they just said, oh, what, what colour baby might you have, without any suggestion of it being a concern or a worry if it had darker skin. Would that in itself, would just I the question be racist? In, that in itself is fine, but you have to think about how it feels on the receiving end, because what we're speculating is has, as to how that message... Yeah, I don't know how it was communicated. Right, but what I would say know. to you is, but, if, but it was we, done, we, if it was done also, as a worry or we concern... We also have to take into consideration how it felt. So uh, that is anti-intellectual thinking. Mm-hmm. You can't, you cannot have a civilization if you're going to pose in, in a, a sound, valid inquiry to somebody and if they process it as having been hurtful, it then does not become hurtful. Right. And this, and that's why we're deleting language in books, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Because we're saying that it all that matters is on the end user, how they interpret what you say. And if they interpret it as racist, then it was. And it doesn't matter. And it's all about mm-hmm. somebody's feelings. And so we're getting rid of actual definition. The reason we have definitions is because not everything can be up to subjective feelings. We need, right. to, yes, we need to have a baseline and, a, you know, the a, 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 a definition and a set of rules um, you know, for things, and elements of life. Right. And the fact that these subjective definitions change over time and often quite rapidly so that, you know, you can believe that you're saying something that nobody's finding offensive mm-hmm. in 2005, you know, when you're a radio host and then you can get fired from your job in 2021 because somebody decides that something you said a long time ago actually was offensive. Like the standard um, shifts completely under your feet and you can't go back in time and unsay something that you said, but subjectively somebody taking it 20, 30 in Dr. Seuss's case, a hundred years later, you know, you're 90, I guess, but the, you know, you're taking something that was written or said all these years ago in an entirely different context in which it wasn't considered offensive at the time. And you're taking it or, you know, in some cases, look at like the Alexi McCammon thing that we can talk about a little bit later. Um, well, I think that's a then, little bit different. It's a kind of a different thing. Mm-hmm. But you're right. When, but uh, academics and very progressive thinkers and influencers of one kind or another have decided that they make the rules for what is accepted discord. On the fly, and they about have, the past, too. Exactly. And they attribute um, pain and suffering and damage to some of these words, even though I would say even most times the su- people who are supposedly damaged were not damaged, are right. being told they're damaged, but mm-hmm. really, it's just it's so white women in Wellesley can can make ban books that they'll say no. Poor people in Boston and other neighborhoods, certainly not in Wellesley, are hurt by this. Mm-hmm. So you can't. So you can't. Well, do yeah, it. and it's the sort of philosophical connection of the two things: the fact that there are white people who are wealthy in Wellesley, and there are people of color who are poorer in Dorchester. Um, the idea that you're going to connect that disparity with 
the fact that a Dr. Seuss book from the 1930s exists with a picture of an Eskimo in it somewhere. Like, the idea that you're going to take those two things and say that one caused the other or impacts the other in some way, that the reason why, you know, there are low rates of black homeownership is because, you know, Dr. Seuss made an ugly caricature of an Asian person in the 1930s that, I mean... It's those things. That's how they're saying that it causes hurt because they believe that the metaphysical presence of deep-rooted racism in someone else's mind like, can make black people poorer in real life. And it's just not, not convincing that that's the case. You know, clearly there are laws, historically have been laws in the United States that have you know, have made black people poor. But instead of wanting to talk about laws and policies and things we can do, instead of, you know, taking Rand Paul's Breonna Taylor bill to end no-knock raids, um, you know, we're not we're not going that route to prevent people to prevent like mm-hmm. what happened to Breonna Taylor from happening. We're not talking about policy and what caused this and what can we do to fix it. We're talking about you know, cartoon characters from 90 years ago. It's, and, and you know, well, and, but things isn't that, that, and, that... and, you know, one potentially, potentially, if you believe the whole story, you know, one out of touch, probably old British person asking the color of a baby's skin is, you know, what has kept down people of color across the world. It's that it doesn't work like that. The things aren't connected. Right. Well, and also, but that's how I mean, you get to also, the excuse. It's, it's, it's like you said we could actually have conversations, etc. But people don't want to have conversations. They want to use downtime on Facebook to cleanse their souls and mm-hmm. feel like really good people and judge others and do all their work. That's church now. You've got it all now, just on Facebook. I'm going to show and affirm just what a good person I am, what a horrible person that other person is, and I'm willing to show you that we now have to make a sacrifice. No more Dr. Seuss books because of this. this, this. And I'm going to show you I don't have a problem with it because there's racist depictions and there's very really hurtful mm-hmm. depictions, and especially after George Floyd. And it's so easy to do. You can do it all in four minutes on Facebook. But the thing is, is that it is effective unless you push back in it. It is effective. When I was walking, when you guys were gone today, Sally and I took a, Sally and I took a walk around mm-hmm. town, and we walked by the new high school be, being built. And she mentioned going to the old high school and seeing our other son in Susical the Musical, mm-hmm. in which there's ago. a fantastic song called "McElligot's Pool." By the way, one of so, the banned books. So right. So so now that there's no way. Maybe in this town, probably not. There are many towns they will never have that book that that portrayal that play in their in their schools yeah i mean this time put on the whiz that was well it's a a different different thing but but but, so so um so for instance he they all got little t-shirts it's called the musical Mm t-shirts if him even wearing that t-shirt now would be considered a provocation among some people because you've given it you've given it the air of a slur Mm-hmm. Seuss now is a bit of a slur. And, you know, these things only metastasize. Once you plant the seed, they only metastasize. So right now, it's so, oh, wait, it's kind of edgy to have that. Pretty soon, it's going to be just that is an absolute slur. You can't even say it. No, no, don't mention it. Can't say it. Don't do it. It's going to be the same thing with Little House in the Prairie and uh, these other things. Yeah. The 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 patina of a slur on, on something means it's already too late right and i don't think and, and that's why people say it's no big deal it's no big, it is a big deal it mm-hmm. is a big deal we're forcing this and somebody said it today actually in the commentary podcast that you would think that if you're a big progressive and you you know had the black avatar this summer and did all the things you're supposed to mm-hmm. and you're telling everybody that there's a racism every all around us and encroaching us constantly you would think that you would want to have all this evidence remain right to, rather than delete it all and say it has to go away but this is this is a problem not only is it humorless which sucks yeah that's true um but it's a it is a problem and it it never it doesn't recede 
Mm-hmm. People think it might recede. It's not going to recede. No, There's it only so much goes political forward. utility in this and cultural utility in this. Uh, we are now practicing open racism and, in some cases, segregation in this country, and we're proud of it. Yeah, it's very odd how far we've come in the in the woke Olympics here, or whatever you want to call it, because it just it doesn't stop. And every concession that you make to it only empowers them to do it further. You know, it's not like the Seuss people are just like, eh, these books are kind of like we're just not going to publish them, and like quietly made a decision, and they were out of print. I mean, lots of books are out of print. Who cares? Books go out of print. That's not a big deal. The book going out of print from the Seuss people who independently decided uh, from Amazon, they decided they would just delist it so existing sellers couldn't sell it. And eBay just randomly, totally independently decided to delist it. And libraries like the Chicago Library started quietly taking it off the shelves. And, you know, and you can come up with a justification for any of those things. Libraries sell books in book sales all the time, books that don't circulate as much. They have limited shelf space at the end of the day. They do get rid of books. They don't keep every book ever in the library. But the fact that these decisions are being made in a coordinated way across society tells you how much power this um this like cultural currency has right is that all it takes is for the message to go out like beep bop boop everybody we're now against dr seuss and everybody does the thing Amazon takes it down. eBay takes it down. The libraries take it down. The schools get rid of it. Joe Biden doesn't mention it. And they're all saying, like, it's just totally an independent decision. I just decided, you know, it wasn't really in touch anymore, et cetera, et cetera. It's it's really, really toxic because because it's not something that there isn't some like cobble of people sitting down and deciding it. This is just like pure cultural hysteria. And whatever this mob says has to go. Every force that controls every aspect of like what media you can access is taking steps to get rid of it in the same way at the same time, just because, you know, the bat signal went out that mm-hmm. we're against Dr. Seuss now. It's crazy. And like and, and also the more you codify this particular template of scrutiny mm-hmm. as the standard the more the the easier it is to feed other cultural items right into that template and nothing will survive it if that template is the standard the permanent standard oh i know this is like we're just feeding all of our civilization into a tree shredder right i mean now. we could right now and everybody listening right now could come up with problematic um issues and examples in every single movie, every TV, and every book we've ever read. You could do it. Actually, it'd be fun. It's probably one of the reasons it's so fun being a progressive, even though they're Mm -hmm. miserable. And actually, it's funny. It's almost like the things that are wokest at the time when they happen that become the most problematic the quickest. Like that movie Crash. Remember how that was like the wokest, most amazing thing? Moronic movie. It was a stupid movie at the time, and it was... It thought it was very woke at the time, and now it's considered like embarrassingly, cringingly un, un PC. Like you can't. It's mm. totally unwoke the way all the it, it. You just and it's funny because that's like it's the people at the cultural vanguard that their stuff because the thing had no redeeming value in itself in the first place. It was just like garbage, and they put the. PC at that time it was more PC than woke. I don't think woke was really a thing yet. Um, you know they put a PC patina on this garbage movie, and then like all the critics loved it. It was amazing. Another one that happened to was American Beauty. Everyone loved American Beauty because it was so like you know with Kevin Spacey and the I know and, yeah and and that was like so edgy and like about like the homophobia and how actually like he was gay and the whole thing and was it was, he. Yeah, because then he tries to like kiss the guy. The dad of the boy was like homophobic, but then he tries oh, to kiss a, the Kevin Spacey yeah. character, and like so it was like all edgy and sort of woke and about like the, the you know what, struggle you know, of like American uh, uh, suburban life. But then it's like, but now that movie is like very cringy. But 
you know what's it had one similarity that both movies have that make it clunky and totally blind. Mm-hmm. Both of them feature st- standard garden variety Republicans who are portrayed as Nazis. Yeah. Or Nazis who are portrayed as Republicans. Mm-hmm. You know, Matt Dillon's dad or whatever, you know, standard. Yeah, it's typical Republican. <laughs> Not all bad, but pretty much just a hateful. And then the next door neighbor guy was absolutely the Republican of the neighborhood. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's like their own stuff that doesn't hold up, actually. You know, there's stuff about, like, about, say, people always... You know, Huck Finn has always been a hugely banned book because it has that N-word in it. But it's managed to withstand most of the banning as a classic because it was a good book that was written to be a good book and stand on its own as a good book at the time. And there's just some stuff in it that's outdated. It wasn't trying to be woke at the moment when it was written. No, it was a kid's experience learning about the world Mm -hmm. through his... and, 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 you know, the... The character Jim in the book is a good character, right? And is is you know appreciated and liked, and you know and it's actually fairly progressive. You think that he was mm-hmm. hanging around with this white kid, uh, right? I mean, but actually, it's a, it's a class story too, I guess, because I guess Huck Finn felt you know that. Yeah, I mean, and Mark Twain certainly wasn't pro slavery, <laughs> but um, and it's and, and what a disservice you're doing. To not let people see, step into, and do the hard work, like we're told mm-hmm. to do, of living the hard reality of you know the 1870s or whatever it was, right? Because it's 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 complicated. The Laura Ingalls mm-hmm. Wilder stuff when she says the only good Indian is a dead Indian in there is a uh, it's complicated. Maybe if you were on the prairie at that time, that kind of humor was just fine. And I told you about my own grandmother's. Indian humor that they uh, they mm-hmm. had. She's dead now, so I can disparage her. Maybe someday on this show, I'll read some of the Shattuck book about some of your ancestors' exploits with our. Well, we've got we, in the in the book it talks about a Shattuck brutally murdered by an Indian. There, yeah, several Shattucks were brutally right. murdered by Indians. They were involved in King Philip's War. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been here. A so while. it's complicated, is what we're saying, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's so, but but to have an insight into history would be. It, it, it is something that's one of the values, and certainly of of uh, Mark Twain's books. So he's a good writer, and you know he can uh, evoke uh, the feeling and redraw or, or, or illustrate the atmosphere of the time in a way that is effective, or else people still wouldn't, wouldn't right. still love reading it. Right, and so it's just interesting to me because it's. It's not this stuff that's woke now. I mean, imagine in a few years when uh, all the gender theory gets redrawn again to whatever new thing the gender theory is. Because, like, the terms that you use to be woke about gender right now are, like, they're different than the ones that were uh, that you were allowed to use five years before. It was like when, mm-hmm. remember, Amy Coney Barrett used the word sexual preference and Merriam-Webster updated the dictionary that day yes. to say that sexual preference was an outdated and offensive term and people have been using it like the last week. Which before. tells you really the motivation behind all of this stuff. It's right. They to, can see into your right. heart and see that you're a bad person. Right. And, that, and in, so, in the case of Amy Coney Barrett... Uh, they felt abortions might be in danger, so it's time to knock her off mm-hmm. by changing what words mean at a second's notice from the the uh, helm of the dictionary. Right. So, and that kind of gets back to the whole like Piers Morgan thing where we started too, which is that um, his point is that maybe intentions matter. Maybe this person who had this conversation wasn't trying to be offensive. Maybe the question wasn't offensive. Maybe Harry told this story to Megan in a in a way. I mean, who knows what happened because he heard it from this other person and then he passed it to Megan who interpreted it some way and now it's offensive and now Oprah's offended and now none of us is allowed to question whether or not something horribly racist happened. But... You know, we're living in a world where intentions don't matter and where it's just whatever thing we've decided this week means whatever. Like, we all have to be on board with it or it's a problem. You can't use last week's words for something. You can't no. ask. And a lot of times you'll find out that a word has reached its expiration date because you get fired. 
<laughs> right. or t- Twitter banned or whatever. So let me just play this. This is the uh, Piers Morgan and Alex Beresford. This is uh, the point at which he just says sayonara and storms off. Beresford, Piers Morgan had said that he one time had a social engagement with Megan McCar- Markle. Megan Markle. And, and from that he could glean that she wasn't a good person. Beresford suggests that they had dated once and she blew him off or something, had had cast him aside. So uh, that's where this goes south. And I understand that you don't like Meghan Markle. You've made it so clear a number of times on this programme, a number of times. And I understand that you've got a personal relationship with Meghan Markle or had one and she cut you off. She's entitled to cut you off if she wants to. Has she said anything about you since she cut you off? I don't think she has, but yet you continue to trash her. Okay, I'm done with this. No, no, no. Sorry, no. Oh, uh, Sorry. So, do you know what? That's pathetic. You can trash me, maybe not my. No, no, own no, no. See you later. I'm being. Sorry, can't this do this. This is absolutely diabolical behaviour. You. He, I'm sorry, but Pierce spouts off on a regular basis and we all have to sit there and listen. 6.30 to 7 o'clock yesterday was incredibly hard to watch. <coughs> Pierce is the Meghan McCain of that group. Wait, so can I ask a question, though? Mm-hmm. Um, do we all have to watch when Piers Morgan spouts off? Well, that guy has to watch because... Well, actually, no, I guess he he's not part of that show, so maybe he doesn't have to watch. No, nobody has to watch. I thought right, he meant but the, the broader well, isn't public... That the other, isn't that the other lesson It was so lesson incredibly of this? painful to watch you on TV. Okay, well, you have a remote control, do you not? Like, well, that's don't... the other idea of they don't want this speech to be anywhere. Anywhere. Right. Anywhere. Right, this it, isn't, you know, we all stopped buying McElligot's pool and on Beyond Zebra because... Right. Because we just were bored of them and they weren't great Seuss books. This, they were put out of print because they don't want them read by anybody. Right. And this is um, it's like the Globe with Shirley mm-hmm. Leung. She, did, she wasn't a listener to the Dennis and Call- uh, Dennis and Call- the Kirk and Callahan show. But right. she knew that it was there and she didn't approve of what they were saying. She had right. heard. And so she did what she could to get them fired, which she did. And then she worried aloud on public broadcasting about where Kirk Minahan would end up uh, on the internet with his own podcast mm-hmm. because she was, she was worried he might say things that she didn't approve of. Right. And even you can see it now. There was a whole thing when Trump got taken off Twitter and stuff and they were trying to, you know, get parlor taken off the internet because it got taken off amazon web services and everything and they were like wait but podcasts are still kind of a loophole a lot of content isn't going on youtube where we can just turn it off if we complain hard enough to google a lot of content is going on to like decentralized rss feeds that we can't control people can just say anything there and people can listen we just can't get rid of it all (laughs) like it just bothers them that that's even like out there to exist um, Which is one of the just more sinister things. These these people like to smile and like to seem like they're um, compassionate people, but they're not. They're not. Mm-hmm. They're on the surface, um, gracious on the surface. On the surface, right? You know who is actually gracious though is the royal family who put out the most. I the statement that they put out. Did you read it? No. Is a work of art. Really, like public relations professionals should teach classes on it i think it's this is the following statement is issued by buckingham palace on behalf of her majesty the queen the whole family is saddened to learn the full extent of how challenging the last few years have been for harry and Meghan. the issues raised particularly that of race are very concerning while some recollections may vary they are taken very seriously and will be addressed by the family privately harry Meghan, and archie will always be much loved family members there we go. I mean, that's a that's a a lovely, perfectly done statement. Absolutely, perfectly careful. Nothing mean. No lashing back out. Right. They say they're going to address the racism privately. They'll talk through it as a family. And you know what? That you know what? I'm going to disagree a little bit. Really. <clears throat> I think that that was worded in such a way to remove or deprive Harry any oxygen 
whatsoever. I think that was written uh, generically, mm-hmm. and um, in, in, an, in an anodyne style, mm-hmm. to put a mirror up to him and say, "You disgraceful little bastard, what you've done." Well, I mean, Think sure, it. but it's done perfectly. <clears throat> oh yes, no doubt, it's done perfectly. It's very. It's he sympathetic. This kid doesn't have the chops that the old lady has. Yeah, and neither does Megan. No, no, she's a grifter, and she's she's a, an adept grifter, mm-hmm. no doubt about that. But um, but he still there is part of him who realizes that at some point he's going to have to return to society, and he's going to have to um, uh, he's going to have to assume the rest of um, his actual belief system and that he's making an exception right now because he loves her and he's obsessed with her and and mm-hmm. and so he's he's stepped aside in, in a temporary fashion but I think that he knows that this is all I never usually speak about the royal family this seriously for this long <laughs> but I just think it's my own intuition that as I a just, guy. Well, as a, this, this, as a human being now, mm-hmm. not just a guy. Yes, as, as a guy in the sense that he knows that he can't look his friends in the eyes or his family in the eyes. Mm-hmm. And that perhaps now he's too deeply invested to do the right thing, even when he has pangs of conscience. Uh, but I think he knows. And I think that very generic um, press release um was was speaking in morse code to him <laughs> that's what i say anyway all right alice how are you doing today um, i haven't seen you all day the kids got all sorts I of shots know. we went to the doctor yes we caught up they had the mcdonald's they told me and then they got toys at walmart which is excellent she's gonna be thrilled but i think they deserve it their behavior has been so good lately <laughs> you know that they well. absolutely Anson got shots, so he was traumatized, so he had to have McDonald's mm-hmm. to perk up. Normal uh, five-year-old stuff. Um, and then, yeah, and then we went to Walmart because, um, yeah, we just needed to pick Because we needed more Wonder Bread. <laughs> well, like I, had... not, not, I always grab a Wonder Bread whenever I'm at the store because we go oh, through see, it that's rapidly. That's very day You're not supposed to say that we use I Wonder love Blood Wonder Bread. Thing. It is the best. It is a really good bread. It's not the best bread. Because we've had the best breads of stuff that lasts about six hours uh, before it spoils, but has like jalapenos in it. Mm-hmm. We've had that stuff. And like the melted cheese and stuff oh, in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's who we great. Yeah. So, yeah. But I've been out running around doing errands all day. We had a weird charge on our debit card, so I had to go to the bank and replace my debit card. I did Any that. Any idea what that was? Um, No. I mean, so it was a charge that said PayPal, but there was nothing on our PayPal accounts like that was placed by us. So. We have PayPal accounts? Yeah. I do? Yeah. What do I do with it? Uh, Nothing usually. Sometimes I buy stuff like if a website has like check out with PayPal. Okay. You know? I don't know. Yeah. But, but so I check to see because sometimes I do buy things online and like it goes, the payment goes through PayPal, but I couldn't find anything. So then I canceled the debit card and had to go get a new one, which is annoying, but... That's done now. So it was like a running errands, largely kind of day. We mostly did that type of stuff. But, you know, you have to have those from time to time, get some things done. Um, Let's see. What else is out there? I mentioned earlier that Alexi McCammond um, of dating TJ Ducklow fame is um, in hot water a bit. She, well, first it was a positive story because she was named the uh, new editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue, uh, the magazine that used to be a normal teen magazine and became insanely, absurdly woke uh, over the last few years. So, um, But anyway, she was named the new editor-in-chief, which is great, but now uh, there's a problem because somebody found her old tweets from when she was a teenager and she made some rude comments about Asians. Oh, of course. So, um, Alexi McCammond, it should be noted, is a woman of color herself, but not an Asian woman of color. And uh, 
and she casually used slurs for being um, homosexual as insults. Um, and so the staff is having a mutiny and they have written a statement that says, as the more than 20 members of the staff at Team Vogue, we've built our outlet's reputation as a voice for justice and change. That That is true. We take immense pride in our work and in creating an inclusive environment. That's why we have written a letter to management at Condé Nast about the recent hire of Alexi McCammond as our new editor-in-chief in light of her past racist and homophobic tweets. So uh, these are from quite a while ago, these tweets. Uh, they're from 2011 when she was 17 years old. Um, We've heard the concerns of our readers and we stand with you. In a moment of historically high anti-Asian violence and amid the ongoing struggles of the LGBTQ community, we as the staff of Teen Vogue fully reject these sentiments. We are hopeful that an internal conversation will prove fruitful in maintaining the integrity granted to us by our audience. So it's not uh, clear to me exactly what they're saying. Does she got to go? Is she done? That they want to happen. They want an internal conversation to maintain the integrity granted to them by their audience. Oh, good. So I'm not sure what, what that a- actually means they want to happen. Well, that seems like a very, very fun uh, bunch. <laughs> well, Absolutely. so maybe she's better off if she doesn't work there, possibly. Um, wait! Oh, okay. Jeez. I thought I figured that you were wrapping up. Aren't I supposed to give you a symbol when we're wrapping up? A and symbol? I did, or a sign? You mean the one that you, this, you worry someone you always do? <laughs> Um, <laughs> sign. I thought he was kind. coming in. I thought that you were winding down. Uh, so, you know what? I apologize. I apologize. Sometimes I make mistakes too. Also. Okay. Well, the LA Teachers Union uh, has a reminder for their members that they posted on their they thought private Facebook group, but somebody leaked it. Um, they uh, wanted their members to know that if they are planning trips for spring break, please keep it off social media. It is very hard to argue that it is unsafe <laughs> for in-person instruction if parents and the public see your vacation photos. Right. They might assume that and you're being insincere when it comes to uh, worrying about the coronavirus and locking down and all that stuff and that maybe you just don't want to work, but you do want to get paid for it. Yeah. And finally, it has been a tough day in the media um, for people at HuffPost. Um, who were recently acquired by BuzzFeed, which has let uh, 47 of them go now, um, just after acquiring them. So, and including many of them at HuffPost Canada, I believe. But uh, yeah, not a great day. It's happening all over the place in the media. Uh, the people on Twitter were not hyper sympathetic to, uh, to the journalist's plight, strangely. I think they felt that maybe there was more concern over the loss of journalism jobs than, you know, jobs at the Keystone Pipeline or in coal mining or other places. Um, But in any case, not a great day for our friends at HuffPost. Uh, Okay, I'm going to tell you, though, that now I am indeed, see, I'm giving you a sign. I'm running to ramp up, and you can do that before your son pulls the camera off the wall. Okay, hold on. Let me find the thing. Here we go. Um, but in any case, that is uh, where we stand. You can find us on Twitter. There goes the camera. Don't don't pull on that anymore. Uh, we're on Twitter. I'll update you on the status of the camera. That's at Burn Barrel Pod. Uh, you can find us on Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. We're also on YouTube. That's Tom Shattuck's Burn Barrel is the name of the channel on YouTube. You can find us there. Comment, like, subscribe to the channel. Write us an email, burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.